There's only one way to love a woman, and I'll share that love with no one. Okay. <laughs> sure. The story of a woman's great love for a scoundrel. Mm. Time stopped in its tracks when she pulled the trigger. Okay, I like that one. Ahoy, hoy, Noiros! Welcome to the 104th episode edition recording, blah, 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 of Out of the Podcast. We've got uh, Champagne Dan over here, ready to toast off 2022, and Gentleman Joey here with, on the other side of this toast, holding up his champagne glass to say, uh, good riddance and welcome to the show. I feel like you should be champagne and I should be sparkling cider. That's probably what it should be. Sure. I feel like it'd be more accurate. Yeah, but it's a worse nickname. Yeah, I like sparkling cider, though. You don't have to like what you are, nickname-wise. <laughs> I mean, I-, I would like to. Yeah. Well, maybe next year. There's always next year. I mean, this is... In Why fact, would you our- not want to be Champagne Dan? That's like the best nickname of all time. <laughs> all right, it's growing on me. There you go. It's just, you know, the, the champagne lifestyle it doesn't necessarily mean you need to drink it. And at all the drink stand, it's like the wussiest one. They let children drink that stuff. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm okay with it. You twisted like, my arm. I mean, but I would prefer a sparkling cider if I'm drinking it. Yeah. It's fucking delicious. It's that time of year for a little while longer. Gotta take it while you can get it, man. Repeat performance released May 22nd, 1947 from the old, uh, <laughs> the greatest combination of all, Eagle and Lion, Eagle Lion films, of course. I love them. They're interesting, huh? Directed by Alfred L. Worker, Dan. He's a worker, and he worked on He Walked by Night, as we remember. He sure did. As the director. (laughs) Screenplay by Walter Bullock, based on the 1942 novel Repeat Performance by William O'Farrell. A lot of differences from the novel and from the film. We'll get into them Mm -hmm. here and there. Sprinkled in like a good show does. But let's get into it. First off, great print. I mean, Dan, if you want to get into the restoration backstory briefly, it's pretty wild that we have as good of a print that we do. Yeah, it it was definitely like one of those when they say like lost films, like even to the point where like I think Eddie Muller said like like a lot of people like thought they dreamt that it even existed or that they saw it. But uh, it was one of the most requested movies of the with the uh, Film Noir Foundation um, that people would request. Um, just because it just it just garnered this reputation and they were able to secure a print finally and restore it uh, very recently. I mean, this I have the Blu-ray and this came out in 2022. I mean, it came out earlier this year. I think yeah, I think it was January, actually. It was definitely very early this January year. January or February. I remember it running yeah. a little late by the time it finally came out. But yeah, it was definitely they, they showed it on TCM back in like 2019 and then they finally right. released the print early this year it looks great yeah ab- absolutely fantastic job they can feel very good about their efforts yeah i think th- i think he mentioned that they originally were going to screen a 35 millimeter print and then when they went to test it it was like deteriorating and they couldn't show it and then they they found another guy that had a 16 millimeter 
and they showed that. And I, I don't, they didn't specify if that's the one they used for the restoration, but it could it be. Seemed to get things that, going at least. Yeah, maybe so, they were able to put together these two shitty prints and then a good print and possibly, get something yeah. get something good out of it. But it, it's wild hearing that backstory and seeing what you see. It, it's kind of like detour, you know, like where you're like, right. oh my god, how'd they do it? Yeah, it looks great. It's New Year's Eve, Dan, New York City, NYE, NYC, baby. Mm-hmm. It's 1946, obviously. And um, bang, bang, we got a mysterious death. We see Sheila Page come out. We'll meet her officially in a little bit, but that's Joan Leslie. She shot her husband, and then she goes off to see her very good friend, William Williams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the dumbest name of all time. Played by Richard Basehart, who we've seen and, and loved. He was also in He Walked by Night. Mm-hmm. This about, was his first role. Yeah, and he just really made such an impression that, you know, he he hit the ground running. And yep. It's an interesting character in this one. Uh, <laughs> yes. To say they, the least. They very much dulled it down for the movie. Um, yeah, and tell us a little bit about the backstory of that character from the book to this character now. Well, I mean, they kind of... It, it's kind of coded in the film that that he's he's gay, and, it, and I think they definitely the writer in the book portrays it more as like he's he's cross dressing, and it, I think it gets into some more detail. Kind of takes on two personalities, too. right? Right, and that maybe and a little more of makes, like a dress to kill kind of thing, but without you know the murder, right? And I think that gives the when when it goes later, I think that's when it gives more backstory to. Some things that film. happen in the movie right. would make a lot more sense if they if they kept with the original character. Right. But, but with um, the code, they, they really couldn't. So Yeah, the fucking code sucks. It, it's uh it's probably our, <laughs> our our the most reoccurring guest star of the show is the code. Whether we like him or not. No, the code is like is like the Noid almost, you know? Yeah. Same costume. So in the book, William Williams was actually William and Mary Williams because right. of, who he was you know he was either william or she was mary so that's a thing and you know we'll we'll also get into some other stuff later there's a lot of changes but she's at this party we're about to get finally into 1947 at long last and uh everyone's doing good we meet everybody who we're gonna meet you got Bess michaels uh, william williams of course there's eloise shaw Mm mm-hmm who uh, is uh, <laughs> a good time and also our, our friend from Gilligan's Island. Absolutely. So that's fun as well. well. I like that they, that, you know, you kind of, I like that shot where she's walking into this, it's like a New Year's party at, a, at like a bar restaurant, like a nightclub. Mm-hmm. And, and she's walking through the crowd and she has this look on her face because she's, you know, what just happened. And then she kind of, doesn't know how to break it to her friends. We're all kind of partying. They're all celebrating for New Year's. Well, and friends then, question mark too, because it's right. been a long year and people aren't as psyched on Sheila Page as they were at the beginning of the year. Right. Um, I mean, William Williams is, I mean, I feel like he's William Williams is her friend. ride or die for sure. Yes. Yeah. And becomes more true towards the end for sure. Right. But everyone else like best doesn't like her, even though, you know, she's jealous, but it, yeah. it makes sense because she just had her drink stolen by William mm. Williams and just given right to Sheila. Like, that's not cool. Right. And so she's like, hey, William Williams, I got to talk to you alone. That which she has trouble making happen. But they finally are able to get off to one another until uh, Eloise, I believe, pops in. And then mm. they're able to be like, hey, get out of here. Yeah. And um, he's like, so uh, I just 
killed my husband. That's not good. And William Williams is like, go talk to John Friday. I almost said Joe Friday. <laughs> you can understand why. Absolutely. Um, who is the producer of this Broadway play that she's on. Mm-hmm. Uh, say goodbye. <laughs> they're, they're played by the great Tom Conway. The Falcon slash. The Falcon, know, Dan. The Falcon. Yeah. Um, and say it right. He, also in, in many Val Luton films. Great, great actor. I, I like him in this movie, too. Yeah, no, does a fine job. I mean, no one's terrible in this movie for the no. most part. There's a little crazy Barney Page at certain points, but... Right, it works. We could also blame that on the code, too. <laughs> so, William Williams and Sheila, they go to John Friday's apartment. And Sheila, naturally, she's like, Hey, before we go in, let me just make a little wish. <laughs> let me wish upon a star, Dan, and say, This fucking year sucked. I wish I could do it all over again. I would do everything better. I would be amazing. I would know what not to do. And I could have really done it right. If only mostly it seems like going to London was her biggest uh, regret because of what happened there. Chain of events. Yeah. She then finally goes up to the Friday door and she's like, hey, what happened to my crazy poet friend, William Williams? He's gone. Hey, wait a second. As she's talking to John Friday, He's like, you know, hey, whoa, we, we did it. it was, it's a new year. We, we're 1946. This is going to be the year, huh? I got a play for you to star in and everything. You know, that one that you were already in. And she's like, wait, what is it? Wait, what? It's 1946. And then the voiceover, which was there in the beginning, forgot to say, comes back. And the way it's timed, it's very Twilight zone I'm sure. Oh, yeah. It's just you could feel Rod Serling being, you know, coming out and smoking his cigarette and introducing you to the rest of the story. And, and interestingly enough, I mean, the narrator is John Ireland, the famous actor. Mm-hmm. And he's in a lot of film noir, a lot of other great movies. My Darling Clementine. I mean, he's, he's been in a ton of movies. He's got um, a great voice for it. I believe he, after this, is like gone, right? Like, it's just really to get us cooking. And then he's like, all right, that's that's it. I think there might be a little bit at the end. Okay. Towards the end. But if, if I remember correctly. But yeah, it's mostly in the beginning. So that happens, and she tells John Friday, I'm not fucking going to London. If I can do this all over again, that's what I don't want. Everything went bad in London, so let's stay here. We'll do a show here, and I'm going to go home. I think my husband might be alive, and sure enough, he's there. She's expecting this drunk lush of a man, but he's, you know, nice and sober, although clearly not very happy about it. You know, he's even, like, talking about, hey, we should celebrate with a drink. How about some champagne Dan, huh? (laughs) Nice vintage. But uh, he talks himself out of it. And she even is like kind of enabling him again. So it's not a good way to start off the new new year. Yeah. The new old year, whatever you want to call it. You know, Sheila Page is not a good person. (laughs) Doesn't matter what year she's living. She makes mistakes for sure. But but I think part of it is, as we'll get into as it goes on, I mean, she does change towards the end. Um. There is a, a change in her that we'll get kinda, to. Like, kind of. I think so. I don't think I, it's enough to redeem her, really. We'll, we'll get mm, there. Okay. They're having a, a breakfast party to celebrate the new year. A lot of people are already there. William Williams is there, of course. And he's like, yo, that Eloise woman we all met before, who's going to be on an island with Gilligan someday, <laughs> stay away from her. She's going to have you committed. To a 1946 insane asylum, the last place you want to be. You know, they're yeah. shocking you, giving you crazy experimental drugs. Like, don't do it. Yeah. And it's in New York City. It's not even like a small town asylum. 
it's no good. And she, he's like, uh, okay. <laughs> it's a pretty interesting prediction you have there. But hey, we're besties. I'm going to listen to you. No problem. And then she's like, cool. All right. I'll see you later. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, William Williams, have you met Eloise Shaw? <laughs> and he's like, oh, that's not very good. Yeah. Um, yeah, she's just she's not a nice person, but she has a lot of money and she immediately is like, oh, you got poems, huh? Like we could get it bound up real nice, leather bound, like from in a different country. Like this is going to be great. I'll take care of you. And then uh, this is where we have the party crasher, right? This is absolutely the party crasher. Paula Costello, Virginia Field comes in. She is the person that we did not want to go to England for, who we find out that Barney had an affair with when he was getting nice and drunk in London. Mm. And instantly they're like, hey, Sheila does not want (laughs) Barney and Paula to be anywhere near each other. You know, she's like, fuck off, like, leave my husband alone. Like, I know you're having a good time. And everyone is like, "Uh, Sheila, what's with you? That's not cool. This is like a new guest. And you're just being a jerk right off the bat. Yeah, it's interesting that, you know, they don't really go into how they meet initially. But it's interesting with it because a lot of this obviously has to do with fate, how she still finds her way trying to work her way into this party. Right. Well, that's just it. It's all, you know, fate, destiny, like. Right. She can't run away from any of this. Right. So she's just going to do her best to change the circumstances as best as she can. So she says, Paula, shoot, get out of here. And Barney's had a few at this point. And, you know, he's like, that's not cool. Like he says, like, oh, you you uh, turned away the only interesting person to come into this party. Not a a good thing to say to your wife, who's clearly jealous of this woman. Uh, He's very hammered, Dan. Mm -hmm. So. She then, of course, tells William, she's like, hey, here's some more future talk for you. I remember this, Paula, from the last time I lived this year. We met in London. She's able to, like, scam my husband into, you know, an affair because he's like a, a washed up playwright. That's how they met because, you know, she's an actress and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And, and how he just sucks and is boring and sober or just super drunk and doing horrible things. And so I... Uh, She's going to continue. They're like, hey, let's go to California instead. We'll have a good time there. Things will calm down. I can take my husband away from this temptress. And and so off we go to to California living. They're there for quite a bit, too. You know, you get some nice uh, pool shots, of course. Quick sidebar. I want to make a a mention before I forget to mention it is I love that Joan Leslie's all her outfits like are very are different and her hair changes from like scene to scene. If you notice, I don't know if you noticed it, but it it changes every single scene. Shout out to the hair and makeup department and wardrobe. Yeah, yeah. it's it's amazing, I, and I love all our outfits. They're they're all they're all fantastic. So of course, you know you're going to have some good Los Angeles outfits. And- oh yeah, <laughs> that's that's why that's what made me think of it. The okay. that whole pool pool sequence. I, I I really like her outfit with the pool sequence. It's a good pool sequence outfit indeed. So yeah, they're like having a good time and. John Friday gets in touch and he's like, I got a play. I would love for you to do it. It's called Say Goodbye. You've never heard of it, right? Brand new play. And she's like, no, no, get this play away from me. It's cursed. I want nothing to do with it. And Barney is like, yo, you should go do the play. 
we can go back to New York. That sounds like a good time. Uh, you figure it out. I'm going to go get drunk because that's what I do. That's really all I'm good for is drinking and cheating. And so John, he comes to California to really talk her into this. And she really is just like, I don't want to do it. He's quite persuasive, but she's like, well, well, if we're going to do this, keep Paula Costello the fuck away from me. She stays in London the entire time we're doing this show. Yeah. Barney comes in and claps weird. <laughs> that yes. was, that's a thing. And he's super hammered and he's super horny for Paula. Mm-hmm. But so we're like, all right, that's fine. We're going to do all that. These are good stipulations. Let's do this thing. Let's go cast in New Haven, Connecticut. And old Eloise Shaw shows up to shit talk New Haven. And that's fun because she's right. She's not wrong about anything. <laughs> and so, yeah, they're like trying out all these actors. And Barney comes in and is like, hey, look who I found. It's fucking Paula. Isn't that awesome? We love <laughs> Paula. I asked her to come in. You're going to love this because uh, the play's not very good. and needs a little work, especially the second act. So that's really cool, huh? This is great. We love Paula. Three cheers for Paula. And she was like, this is not good. This is just last year, but not in London. <laughs> exactly. And, and we should also note that. So right before this happens, uh, Sheila comes up with the same idea. So she realizes that it doesn't work. And she says to reverse parts of it. And then now uh, Paula comes in and says the same thing. Yep. So it's like, oh, great minds think alike, huh? Right. Barney's got a type. (laughs) Yes. And uh, so, yeah, things are going well. The the play is doing good. Paula and Barney are just clearly having an affair right out in the open. The scene Um, where they're up at the in the balcony and he's drunkly reciting uh, Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, and then he (laughs) then he falls off. He's like, fuck you, Sheila, kisses Paula, and then falls off. Yes. It's a fun fall, for sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, he's a terrible drunk actor, though. Lewis Hayward, boo on your drunk acting. Not his not his uh, strong suit. It's just a tad over the top. Yeah. But I would, I would say that's the time, too. I'd give a little forgiveness. It's Eagle Lion. It's 1947. I, it's I Eagle Lion. It's 1947, indeed, yes. This is, this is their prestige picture at this point. So yeah, boy, let, yeah. let, let, them, let them do it. <laughs> so it turns out Barney's paralyzed from this fall. So now Sheila needs to take care of him. So she's like, yeah, all right, I'll leave the play. I'm going to take care of Barney. I love my husband, but he is not psyched about this. He's like, oh, great. My wife is here to take care of me. I much rather it was Paula. So they're not having a good time right now. He needs to stop drinking as well. He hates that. So he doesn't get to have an affair or drink. Those are his two favorite things. Things are not good for our friend, drunk Barney. He may not get use of his legs back too. So there's that too. So he's just, you know, absolutely miserable. Just sitting miserable with his lame wife. And it turns out that William Williams, who did get his book published and had a nice little shout out to Eloise, she did commit him to the insane asylum after all. Mm-hmm. I don't know what he did to her to get himself there. Yeah, it, it, I kind of wish they came up with something. It's very, very ambiguous as to why she sent him there. Yeah, it's um, far, far too ambiguous. Yeah. But he's there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, he talks to Sheila there and he's you know a little out of it, but he's still William Williams. And he's like, oh. 
now I understand everything you need to talk to me about and were trying to warn me. Uh, yeah, now that I'm here, yeah, she did uh, <laughs> put me in an institution. So mm-hmm. I think you're right. And then she's like, well, here's what you did last time. Uh, you just like walked out to escape. Duh, like you could just leave. It's like, oh, okay, I'll get that a works. shot. Okay, cool. Yeah. Who knew? So now it's Christmas Eve, as it was a couple of days ago for all of us tomorrows, as we remember. Mm-hmm. What a time it was. She goes to, to start up at the theater again. And while she's gone, Barney's like, I'm finally alone. We, we see that he could walk after all. Like he's pretty much starting to get everything back. And he's like, hey, Paula, come on over. Remember me? Like, let's get this thing started up again. But she's like, I don't want to take care of the paralyzed dude. So yeah. I, I have no interest in you anymore. We had our fun, but I'm going back to London on New Year's Eve. So, you know, good luck to you. And he's like, no, no, I swear. Look at me. I, I'm fine. But it, it, it's not good enough. Sheila comes in and sees Paula with Barney and is like, yo, what the fuck? She's like, no, no, no. It's all it's over. It's fine. And, you know, Sheila is like, hey, clearly something's going on here. My husband hates me now as a result of it. So, like, why don't you guys go to London? Whatever. If this makes him happy, then I'm going to let him go. And you can just stab him. And Paul is just like, ew, no, I don't want anything to do with this guy. Like, this is not happening. So everyone's stuck with one another. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) As you do. Sheila tries to basically like, hey, I don't want to kill my husband. So... If I have old John Friday watch me, let's let midnight happen. You know, it'll be a new year. And as long as I don't kill my husband, like I've changed fate. I just really have to change this one thing. Mm -hmm. But Barney is like, no, I'm I'm good. I'm going to go race after Paula. And by race, I mean, use a cane. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And Paula is still just like, I guess you didn't hear me. I don't want anything to do with you, bro. Like you're weird. A lot, yeah. you know, we were having fun. You fell off of a balcony. That's a deal breaker for me. Yeah. So Barney's like, all right, well, I, I blame Sheila. This is all Sheila's fault. <laughs> so it's like, I'm going to go after, after her, her. Yeah. with my murdering beaten cane. And so he's like, it's looking so bad for Sheila. But then all of a sudden, Dan, and I do mean all of a sudden, William Williams pops up. He did walk out of the asylum after all. He's got a gun and he kills Barney Page. Old Johnny Friday's there with Joe Friday and the cops. They bust William Williams, who, you know, gets the saddest fate of all. You want to talk noir endings for the character. It's brutal for him, but he's just like, you know, eh, so he had this guy had to die somehow. I just decided to be the one to do it. So that way, you know, fate uh, does what it does. Right. And then jo- Jones and, the, you know, uh, or Sheila in this case uh, is cleared of it and she's not liable for the death. And he has a, you know, alibi or a, or a, a reasoning where he says, well, like, oh, I'm insane, so I'll, I'll get off. Yeah, as much as one can. <laughs> yeah. And that's pretty much it. Well, Dan, what would you rate this movie? I have to say, I, I love this movie. I have, there's just something about this movie that I love. I, I, I don't know what it is, but it, it's such a bizarre fantasy film noir. I, I love Joan Leslie. I mean, this is probably her best role she ever played. I, I think. I think she just. I love. There's even the, the the one scene that I think of at the end when she's kind of waiting for midnight to happen and she's in bed and has that like really anxiety provoking music and she's laying in bed and it pans to the clock, it pans to her face, and it's very almost like a silent film where it's like you're you're seeing the expressions on her face 
and it, it just kind of makes a lot of quick cuts. But it just I I think her the depth of her performance throughout the entire movie is great. Um, so I would give it a pretty high rating. I I would give it probably like eight 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 point two. Wow. Yeah, I I just have I have such an affinity for this. I mean, is it the greatest film in the world? No, but no. I think there's just there's a certain magic to it that is just I, I just really enjoy watching it. Boy, I disagree completely. And and to take a, a quote from you for the last two movies, I would say it's just not taught enough. You know, like okay, it's more of an interesting concept than it is in an execution. So I I give this five point eight out of ten relived years, and I, I say stay lost. This this is not a good movie. Wow. I think that's definitely been one of the first times in a while where I feel like we've been that far apart. <laughs> um, well, I looked at the average rating and I, I saw it more agreed with me than it did with you. So I took comfort in that. Hey, get 6.8 on IMDb. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty good for like a, no, it's like people who give it an actual rating and then people that are like 10 stars, five stars. I love this movie. Mm-hmm. I, I think part of it is that like, it definitely walks the line of film noir. Like it, it's, you know, there's, there's always that going to be that question. Is it film noir? Is it not? That's not necessarily um, my problem with it. it. It's film noir enough. Like yeah. the beginning and end totally take you there. And again, the, the concept is so interesting, but it's just like the execution, like honestly, the book sounds a lot more interesting. Yeah. It definitely gets into like more just like melodrama territory. Like not like nonstop with like weird, like non payoffs. It, it's just, uh, I do agree with you. Like the performances are good. Like it's not anything wrong with that. It's just, yeah. it's just a boring movie. Mm-hmm. Ready for some facts? I love facts. I Maybe this do. will raise my score, Dan. I'm going to try my best. Right. Um, so pre- preview audiences uh, response to Richard Basehart's performance. And this was so positive that despite his screen debut, uh, the studio bumped him up to third billing behind Joan Leslie as though he was an established star. One of the changes that they made from the book to the film was that they actually flipped the roles. So the studio thought that no one would believe that Joan Leslie would be an abusive lush as it would be in the novel, because that's actually how it was portrayed. So they actually traded the character traits between her and Barney. That was um, a mistake. They should have just recast it. But you know what? I I, I mean, I, I think part of this might be my bias because I I I, I kind of love Joan Leslie, but I, I like that it turns it on its head for the movie because you don't really always see like a a, a female protagonist. In I'm that all for of, that, but it doesn't do yeah. it in any effective way whatsoever. Like, mm-hmm. and you know, there's no. It's not like any. There's like a femme fatale or something like that. It's just like people getting jealous and drunk and then killing each other. I think that's exactly what it is. It's the fact that like it could have easily gone like as her being the femme fatale or the whoever was playing Sheila would be the or femme just fatale, a, dr- this... a drunk, you know, like a drunk, abusive, like lush, like they're saying, like that is like almost groundbreaking to see a woman in that like vulnerability more right. so than like, oh, she's being cheated on and her husband sucks. Like that would have been like a more meteor role. Mm-hmm. And if Joan Leslie is not capable of that, then that's just really it speaks to her abilities as an actor. Right. Where was I? Lost we were just mind. saying how uh, awesome Richard Basehart was. We were. Um, and not only did he impress the audience, but he also impressed the and the and the director. But they actually gave him more scenes because how good he was, how they felt about him. And uh, they even held its world premiere in his hometown of Zanesville, Ohio. 
Um, so they they really liked him in this movie. The all important Zanesville audience. <laughs> yes, exactly. That's the, hey, if you're from Zanesville, shout out to you guys. Get in touch. We yes. love you. We love you in Zanesville. So originally, uh, it was set to star Francho Tone and Constance Dowling, and to be directed by Jules Dassin. There you um, go. That would have been better for sure. Jules Dassin would have been an interesting choice. Dowling was replaced by Sylvia Sidney before shooting began. Eventually, Tone, Sidney, and Dassin left the project. According to the AFI catalog entry for the film, this was Eagle Lion's first big budget picture, or you know, a uh, like a, almost like a uh, a vanity project, if you will, uh, for them. And it was original because it was originally, you know, it's a B, basically a B picture company, but they really tried to prop this one up as being more of an A picture. So it's kind of interesting. By 1946, Leslie was growing increasingly dissatisfied with the roles that she had been playing. Um, and was seeking serious and mature roles and wanted to break out of kind of like some of the other characters she was playing. So, cause she was under contract with uh, Warner brothers and she tried everything she could to get out of her contract with them. She basically like fought for rights because partly her, her argument was that her parents uh, had signed the contract for her and she was trying to break the contract. Jack Warner ultimately let her out of her contract but basically had a gentleman's agreement with the other studios. He was very vindictive uh, to basically say like, you're not going to hire her for anything. So basically Damn. she was rele- relegated to, you know, poverty row studios, you know, such like Eagle lion. And this was kind of her first, basically like a starring role since that, since she got out of her contract and she would kind of go on to do a few other pictures. Like she would go on to do a bunch of Westerns and stuff like that, but her career kind of, would kind of maybe I would say it would go down, but it would kind of slow down a bit after that. And then until she just stopped, you know, and kind of retired. But like I said, I, I think this is one of her best, if not her best, like performances. I mean, I think she's good in a, in a smaller role in high uh, Sierra, but, and I, and I, I'll admit, I haven't seen some of the other ones, the big ones she's been in. She was in like Sergeant York and Yankee Doodle Dandy, not necessarily my cup of tea, <laughs> yeah. but I think this, this being a much more serious role, and like I said, I, I think she does give it more depth, I think, than people probably gave her credit for at the time. I think coming off of like those kind of fluffy-ish musicals and such like that, you know, she's dancing around with, uh, what's his name? She was in, uh, well, James Cagney for, for Yankee Doodle Dandy, but just a, a very different role for her, you know, especially coming out of her contract. So, yeah, no, I, I, I like this movie. I, I, get, I get what you're saying. I know it's not maybe for everyone or it might not be as appealing, but I, I just, there's something about certain movies just have that certain vibe that grab you or it doesn't. And I think for me, it, it definitely grabbed me. And that's pretty much all I have. So they remade this movie for TV back I in 1989. Thank you. Called Turn Back the Clock. There's a clip of it on YouTube. Jerry Isn't Burns is in movie? it. Probably, but I just watched the clip. Um, Jerry Burns is in it, who I'm always a fan of. And yeah. uh, Joan Leslie makes an appearance as well. She does. And then uh, one fun thing I saw about uh, Walter Bullock was that he and his brother were um, song lyricists and they recorded a single on the Champion label in 1930. Side A was I'm Satisfied With My Girl and Side B was called He-Man Chew Tobacco. Wow. (laughs) I just thought that was interesting. So that's it for 2022. Thank you for another good year. Year two was... um, enlightening <laughs> yeah i, I, I feel know. like we we covered a lot and a lot of a lot of interesting ones in there yeah 
you know, more of the same, but I think the show has been getting better and, and, you know, we're, 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 there's oil in this machine. Come back for 2023. Yeah. I think year three is going to be the one. Can only hope. Can you smell it, Dan? I can. You know what else I smell? What do you smell? I smell the sweet smell of success, baby. From Uh 1957. Burt Lancaster as J.J. Hunsecker, world-famed columnist whose gossip is gospel to 60 million readers. Tony Curtis as Sidney Falco, the kid who had ideas about taking over. But we happen to know I'm your star pupil because I reflect back to you your own talent. I'd hate to take a bite of you. You're a cookie full of arsenic. (laughs) Don't turn your back on him. You might find a knife in it. This is their story, and that of the big shots and big names who worship the sweet smell of success. Along Broadway, throughout Hollywood. Down Wall Street, on Capitol Hill, sweet smell of success. We're friends, Javi. We go as far back as when you were a fresh kid congressman, don't we? Why is it that everything you say sounds like a threat? Maybe it's a mannerism, because I don't threaten friends. But why furnish your enemies with ammunition? And here you are, out in the open, where any hep person knows that this one is toting that one around for you. Sidney is a great salesman. He'd sell anything to get there. Just ask his girl. Sidney, I don't do this sort of thing. What sort of thing? This sort of thing. You need him for a favor, don't you? Well, so do I. I need his column tonight. All you think about is yourself and your column. You see yourself as some sort of a a national glory. To me and lots of people like me, your, your slimy scandal and your phony patriotics, to me, Mr. Hunsecker, you're a national disgrace. Lancaster as the almighty J.J. Hunsecker. Tony Curtis as his man of all dirty work. Introducing Susan Harrison and the Chico Hamilton Quintet. you put your hands on my sister. I didn't do anything! Stop! Oh boy. Start starting off. Hey, oh, we're doing it right. We've got a special guest coming in for that one. A lot of fun. Come, I don't come even check know who us out. Guess is, so I'll, I'll have to I'll have to find out. Maybe <laughs> I won't even back. tell you, Dan, until it happens. We'll see. I have a guess. I have a guess. Who, who you who have a is. guest guess. Okay. All right. Well, come back and see if your guess is right. But thank you again so much for two years of, of good times and great audio. And um, you know, here's thanks for listening. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Oh, hey, 
the real out of the podcast at gmail.com. Instagram, what's that, Dan? It's out of the podcast. What's on Twitter? <laughs> it's out of the cast. Yeah, it's out of that cast. Uh, yeah. Hey, rate, review, subscribe, iTunes, Spotify, Deezer. The joke's funny again because we're on there now. Uh, so that's places always, to be found. Always good, good fun. Yeah. Leave a review, send an email, all this stuff. Everyone loves words. That's why we're here speaking them. We can't get enough of this stuff. And uh, yeah, way to go, guys. Here's to this year and here's to another year in crime. Here's another year in crime. A red ding. 23 times. <laughs> 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 <laughs>